0: By Jesus at several places in the gospel record, that following him constitutes a willingness to also die for him. At least that's what it sounds like to me when we're told that whoever loses his or her life for Jesus' sake will end up saving it, and whoever seeks to save their life will end up losing it. But do we have to die for a love of Jesus, or Is there some other way to understand our relationship with him? I'm thinking about these things with respect to the Palm Sunday Gospel, where Jesus willingly enters Jerusalem, even when there is clearly a bounty on his head. He could have walked away from it all, right? There's no obvious reason he had to step into that trap of Roman authorities there in Jerusalem. And yet it turns out that there is real purpose and real love behind that risk that he took. So in my message to you today, without explicitly saying so, I'm going to ask you to be a little risk assessor of your own life. In other words, where might you be on a scale of, let's say, 1 to 10? 1 being an absolutely cautious person and 10 being someone who operates with a kind of reckless abandon. And where exactly will your life go according to the risks that you elect to take, especially those risks that are somehow informed by your faith? But first, let me read that story of Jesus entering Jerusalem for a final time, as you may know, as a passenger on a donkey. The reading is from St. Luke's Gospel account, the 19th chapter, beginning at the 28th verse. He went on up to Jerusalem. And when Jesus had come near Bethphage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples ahead, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there, a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it to me. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Well, just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it just as Jesus had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus upon it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their own cloaks on the road. And as he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen. And they said, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. And he answered them, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. So reads the story of Jesus' final entry into the city of Jerusalem. So now take a listen to some thoughts about this reading and your life of faith. Well, we pick up the story today with Jesus headed into Jerusalem for his final days. That is the location, Jerusalem. A donkey is the transportation and God is the destination. And we hear this story that you heard moments ago, that we sung about moments ago, and we wonder, why on earth did Jesus take the risk of entering this great and holy city of Jerusalem, where he knew that there was a bounty on his head? It seemed like a gigantic trap that he was just walking right into. I mean, the Roman leaders, they had it in for him the threat that they felt he or perceived that he had upon their own authority. There were some religious leaders, some very strict ones, who thought he was a rabble-rouser and his own kind of heretic. And then the crowd, of course, was admiring but fickle. They weren't really in the game of taking him fully seriously and following him. But best we can tell, Jesus believed above everything else that God is in love with this world, no matter how broken this world is, and no matter how tough some days in this world turn out to be. And it appears that he understood himself to be the best instrument that God had for convincing the world of this truth. So he seems to be at a kind of peace, if you will, with the fact that his life is in fact drawing to a close. He puts all of his money on God. He's sinking his life completely into the fullness of God, into the lap of God, into the heart of God. Far more important to him than taking the easy way out or avoiding risk or living protectively. I'm not sure the disciples understood this. I'm not sure we completely understand this. Because numerous times he told these disciples he's going to have to suffer, he's going to be dying. And they either didn't listen well, or more likely this was a part of the message of Jesus that they didn't want to hear. Because every time he talked about suffering and being killed and then being raised on the third day, their heads went straight to those verbs, to suffer and to be killed. And they remembered, as do we, that his own lines to them about taking up your cross and following him and denying ourselves and being prepared to lose our lives if we're interested in saving them. And the only way to save them would be, in fact, to lose them for his sake. Well, all of that that the disciples heard and that we hear, it sounds downright frightening, frankly. It's like the best way to love Jesus is to die. It's sort of what it sounds like. We're just trying to get up each morning and make the bed and pay the bills and respond to emails and figure out why oranges and grade A eggs and milk are 10 and 11 and 12 percent more expensive than last year. Do we really want to die for a love of Jesus? Aren't there some alternatives that have to do with our living instead of our dying? We think about this when we watch Jesus or when we watch Jesus ride into Jerusalem on a donkey, into what looks like a trap that he most certainly could have avoided. And when we contemplate and worry about the expectations that he seems to have of us that require so much of us. Lose your life if you want to save it. Be prepared to get hurt with every risk you take. Maybe even dying. Yikes. But here I think is the essence of what Jesus' death and those final days that we're all about this week might mean for us. If it is true that he dies so that we might live, which is an axiom of faith, and by live I take that to mean everything that has to do with the abundance of your life and my life, if this is true that he dies so that we can live, well then that willingness to die imposes a huge responsibility on our lives. It means you just cannot live only for yourself anymore, and I cannot just satisfy my own happy desires and leave it at that. Somehow, we must also figure out how to live for him. As I say, big responsibility, or maybe we should say this is a huge burden that's laid upon us, to do with our lives what he did with his life and would have done much more of had he lived longer, to live large and take some risks for others and pray that we wouldn't live quite so protectively. Another way of looking at this fact that he died so that we might live is that we have a huge debt. Our debt to the Lord is huge and the best way to pay this debt off is to somehow live a life that's as brave and that is as courageous and that is as full of risk as was his death. I think that's about right. We wonder why Jesus didn't play it safe, why he didn't skip this trip to Jerusalem, why he couldn't find another way to save the world, and he wonders why comfort and safety are our defaults, our top priorities. Are decision-makers. For what kind of life can you really construct if most of your choices are based on a preoccupation with comfort and with safety? None of the greatest things in this world are entirely safe. Your work is not entirely safe, your emotions are not entirely safe, And nothing worth really achieving is particularly safe. Risk very little bit and you can expect to go really nowhere special with your life. Someone once said, to laugh is to risk appearing the fool and to weep is to risk appearing sentimental. To reach out to another person, that's to risk involvement or to love is to risk not being loved back and in return. To live is to risk dying, is what we discover when we come back to this place over and over again. To hope is to risk despair, to try, as we know by experience, is to risk failure. Only a person who takes substantial risks is really and truly free. I like this uh, little thought that Joyce Rupp, she's a spiritual writer, she's cranked out a lot of books, but she has this thought that came to her in midlife, kind of a wake-up call, where she had a dream one night, and she writes this, at a point in midlife when I was facing the option of choosing some new and untried behaviors, I dreamed that I was in this social situation, where there was this enormous table of food. And the table stretched across the entire room with every imaginable and colorful looking food upon it. I stood among all the strangers who were in that room ignoring me, and I wondered what food might I choose from that table that would be safe. And the only thing I recognized amongst all of these unknown foods was egg salad. So I put a large helping of egg salad on my plate, and I walked away from the table. When I woke up, I laughed, because there are very few foods that I dislike, but egg salad is at the top of the list. (laughs) But in my dream, I chose the egg salad, which was a safe food because I knew it and how how loudly this spoke to my fear of insecurity and risking some new nourishment for my life. I resolved that day, says Joyce Rupp, to let go of my egg salad approach to life. I wonder how many of us default on too many days to the safe, the predictable, the familiar, the secure, the comfortable. I wonder how many of us are attached to a kind of egg salad sort of living. Which begs the question, how much risk is appropriate in the Christian life? When God asks us to follow this one who went willingly into Jerusalem, who didn't walk away from that trap that seemed to be set for him, does this mean that God wants only those people who are willing to suffer and die? Does this mean that God's more interested in my funeral than my survival? Doesn't God want me to be happy or you to be happy? Doesn't God care about our comfort and our safety? Well, I'm not sure that God's number one concern is always my comfort and my safety. Whoever would save his or her life will lose it, and whoever loses his or her life for my sake will save it, says Jesus. I'm not even sure God cares first and foremost whether or not I'm happy. What God does care about, with everything that God is made of, is the quality of my life and of yours. Not just how long we live, not just the continuation of the pumping of our heart and the inhalation and the exhalation of our lungs, Not just the health of ourselves, but the quality of my life and your life. The scope of that life, the depth of that life, the passion for important things in that life. I know that death works on us. Particularly a fear of death that always seems to turn into a fear of life, by the way. Where we get protective and cautious and low risk and safe and egg salad. But as we contemplate the death of Jesus all week long. Let's remember that secret that he rode into Jerusalem with on that important day. Namely, the way to enjoy life abundant is not to save it or protect it, but to spend it and give it away. Jesus' supply of life was never-ending. And the more of himself he gave, the more he had. That's true for his entire ministry. And as we'll find out next Sunday, that's true in his death as well. This is not a sermon about taking ridiculous risks and somehow endangering yourself doing foolish things. But it is a sermon about living a life that matters, a life that's lived for Christ's sake a life that refuses to put simply our own comfort and safety ahead of everything else. Understand your life as a gift, folks, and not as your own possession. And you will discover with Christ that the more of life you give away, the more of life you end up having. Amen. and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Receive this blessing for your day. Jesus Christ, remember, is Lord over all the powers of this earth. So consider yourself free to live and free to die with courage. Go now in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.